This is Sports Best presented by Repost on the Reposted Podcast Network. Coming at you like a rogue shopping cart that's rolling towards your newly detailed Acura MDX. He is Kirk. I could stop at Peterson. I am Andrew. Not today, Keller. Kirk, how is your car doing? Is the paint in good repair? Do you take care of it? What do you think? I, uh, it's in good shape. You know, always return your shopping carts, people. It's good for the exercise. It's good. It's good work. You need to, you need to return your shopping carts. I like you coming home at the end of the day and your, your wife going, Hey, did you work out today? Yeah. I put the shopping cart back. So I'm good to go. That's, that, uh, that counts in my book as physical, physical activity. excursion, physical labor. There well, the NBA finals, as we record this, are going to be played tonight. The Milwaukee Bucks are playing the Phoenix Suns. I've publicly said since the beginning of the playoffs and two weeks ago, not last week, that I think the Suns are going to win. Vegas thinks that's the case as well. Um, the expert panel from ESPN, they had 16 people say who they thought was going to win. They have 13 saying the Suns are going to win, three saying the Bucks are going to win. Who are you rooting for? Who you, would you bet for? Or who did you bet for? I'm still pulling for the Hawks. I think there's going to be an upset. They're going to come out of, no. Um, uh, yeah, I like the Suns, especially with uh, Giannis on the sideline, theoretically, for at least game one, you know, and coming back maybe uh, slightly injured. Uh, they're favored by six tonight. Uh, they're at home. I think, uh, I think that's, that's a good line, but I like, uh, I like the Suns' chances here. Yeah, I like Giannis. There is one vote of those 16 for Giannis to win the MVP of the finals, which is like kind of crazy to me that you wouldn't play the entire series and someone thinks that you, I mean, theoretically you could, but like not being present for the games. I, I guess if if the Bucks win, they can. I don't know. It feels like um, a ceremonial vote for Giannis to win it, but that's silly to me. I don't know. Yeah, that guy just wanted free tickets to next season, I think. Um, yeah, Giannis think, is going to comp him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you think with these two teams being in the playoffs, like this is an indication of a flaw in the super team strategy or is this is 2021 just a fluke? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I read an article last week or an opinion piece and it, it I got a little upset about it. It was someone that written that the Phoenix, it was before the, the Bucks um, clinch, but it said Phoenix being in the NBA finals is Fugazi, which is like, a, do you, are you familiar with that term? Yeah, yeah, it's the- uh, Fugazi, like the, Fugazi. Yeah, the mob, uh, like a fake, something's fake. Yeah, it's a fake diamond. Yeah, and basically they're saying, because the way the NBA is run right now and the, with the quick turnaround, there's too many injuries and the Suns wouldn't be in it otherwise. And I'm like- the, the fact that's that's ridiculous to me that you would put an asterisk by this season. I'm I'm all for asterisks. I don't think the Dodgers deserve a World Series title last year, but like I think that they played within the parameters that they were given, and the fact that they stayed healthy doesn't make their appearance in the finals any less valid. Um, so I don't I don't maybe it is an anomaly, and maybe they're going to change the way they do it, but. If you build these super teams, these super athletes are super are fragile. And if you, if you, uh, they're like a performance car. If you hit the rev limiter too much, it'll break. Um, Kevin Durant break down. Man, I, I kind of, I kind of agree. I think, um, you know, both the Bucks and the Suns was more of a homegrown team. And then, you know, they go out, they get Chris Paul for the Suns or, mm -hmm. um, you know, you bring in some kind of veteran player to, to slap on top of a, 
uh, like a crowd built legacy team. I don't know, as opposed to flying everybody in, you know, starting with LeBron and Wade and uh, Bosch and Miami in 2010. And, you know, it's continued on to the Warriors and now the Nets. So I don't know, I, I could see it going either way, but I'm curious if there's some, the Billy Bean of the NBA is in a back office somewhere trying to figure out if this is the strategy is going to change. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if the ratings will be higher because they're not major market teams, and maybe the business decisions better for your regular season. You're getting more um, eyes on your game if if you have big stars, but I don't think it's necessarily the recipe for winning, as presented by this season. I I totally agree. Um, sticking with the NBA, water's wet, the sun is hot, and Skip Bayless is a moron. Uh, on his show, Undisputed. Skip was trying to give Trey Young of the Hawks the moniker Pandemic Trey uh, after Trey struggled a little bit with three-point shots down the stretch and uh, obviously had a poor performance in game six when he was partly injured. But, uh, I mean, you know, Trey puts up 28 points average per game in the postseason. Uh, You know, it's a young Hawks team. It's a young player. Uh, I don't know. I think Skip Bayless is really grasping here. What was your take on that? I mean, nicknames is a very specific thing to me. Coming up with a well, Skip Bayless sucks, but coming up with a nickname for yourself is is almost as I think is worse than this. I guess pivoting away from Trey Young a little bit. I don't know if you remember four years ago or something. Uh, Nick Young of the Lakers tried to. He had one good series in the playoffs, and he's like, "Yeah, y'all can just call me Swaggy P because I'm good at the playoffs." And they lost the next round. That sucked. One that took was Kobe Bryant gave himself the nickname Black Mamba because he liked the movie Kill Bill in 2003. I feel like that shouldn't be as widely accepted as it is. I, like, I'm a big proponent of you can't give yourself a nickname. Like, hey, call me, uh, call me Big Balls Keller. Like, what? <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a thing. Yeah, it shouldn't be a thing. And we'll take a little departure from sports here and just, you know, take a shot at your normal co-host, Larry, the wrench Olson, who nicknamed himself the wrench. And somehow people have adopted that. And I, I fully am on your team that that is unacceptable. Yeah. And people in the know call him Larry, the tool Olson, because he did that. Um, So I don't know. I, I think Skip Bayless is on air too much and just trying to come up with content and, it's uh, it's just a big stretch. I don't know. I didn't like it. I don't like him, as you said, but that's how it goes. Sometimes. He's just, you know, he's a 67-year-old man with 5% body fat. What do you want? <laughs> that's true. Something to strive for. You know who puts his shopping carts away every single time? Skip Bayless. <laughs> Skip Bayless runs them back. Uh, I remember him saying he could outrun LeBron. I wonder if he could do it pushing a shopping cart. Oh, he probably could. He needs the extra weight. For, that's, the, that's the way to handicap the race. Well, moving on to um, announcers. I don't know if you remember, I think 10 months ago, Tom Brenneman was calling a Reds game and Nick Castillo. Well, Tom Brenneman was calling this game and uh, he, he made an insensitive comment. And later in the broadcast, he, he apologized for it, and we got a clip of what happened, and we'll... I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart, I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith, as there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. Oh, so he's going on this, like, heartfelt thing. He hasn't been on the air since, but he did that. And then uh, earlier this week, Nick Castellanos 
does it again. They're doing a eulogy for recently passed away George Gorman. And uh, it's just, it feels like he's doing it, but this is what that sounds like. Well, that's a great life, 96 years. And Pat, just like his dad, went to KU. He also went to Bishop Ward High School. There's a drive into deep left center field, and there's never a great time to eulogize someone during the broadcast. So I love that they called out the there's never a good time to eulogize. And it's just like Nick Castellanos, he's a he's the guy that ruins a surprise birthday party. I don't know. There's not much of a story here, but it's just it's good, it's good funny stuff. Uh, it's hysterical audio, and the fact that it happened, both home runs, both the same guy, I, I don't know, that cracked me up. Um, the, the guy making the call in the middle of his apology is, is a riot. Best. That is yeah. that is the best. But the fact that it happened again while they're trying to talk about a World War II vet and been around forever, and then he just cranks another homer. That made me laugh. Oh, so good. But, I mean, I guess they're right. There never is a good time to do a serious moment like that. Uh, I think a week or two ago, there was, I forgot his name, but there was a rookie that uh, he was having his first at bat and they were interviewing his dad about how proud he was of his son. And he, he hit a home run at, at his first at bat while they were interviewing his dad and his dad went ballistic. So sometimes those things play out for the better, but uh, this most recent one was uh, a little bit of interrupting a eulogy. I'm surprised they don't do what the PGA does, which is, you know, they'll bring on the title sponsor or they bring Jack Nicholas into the booth and they just delay the coverage, but they don't do that for uh, any other sport that I'm aware of, like baseball, hockey, NBA, like they, you know, they always catch the action live, which that's what I want to see, but I'm surprised you don't get more of that when they're trying to shove something like that into the broadcast. Yeah. Well, I'm going to make a request right now. Statistically, you probably won't outlive me, but if you do, can you have a recording of Troy Aikman throwing a touchdown to Alvin Harper and then the most sad point in the funeral, just hit that with 30 second clip. Yeah. If, yeah, if I'll be singing, thanks for the memories or, uh, uh, yeah, three times a lady or I don't know, some, some song <laughs> in, your, lady. in your honor. And, uh, but I'll interrupt it with a Troy oh. Aikman touchdown. Cause there's pass. never a good time to call a touchdown pass. <laughs> uh, Still in the major league baseball, uh, Shohei Otani is getting it done uh, and invoking comparisons to Babe Ruth. I know you hate this stuff. I know you hate early midseason stats and projecting yeah. where somebody's going to be at the end of the season. Uh, uh, but this guy is, he's fantastic and he's fun to watch. Uh, you know, he's one of the best hitters in baseball. He's got 330, excuse me, doesn't 300. He has 31 home runs. He's batting 277. Uh, and on top of that, he's a starting pitcher. Um, I mean, I think it's, it is really impressive because it's an uphill battle now for a pitcher to also be able to bat because everyone is specialized and they're like, we want you like, he probably had to fire really hard to be able to pitch and bat. It's not something that it's not like, Oh, I want to try this. Like you have to be against it. The thing I'm curious that we won't know until history writes itself, but I don't know as a United States of America, if he will be embraced as Babe Ruth was because he was born in Japan. Like he's not the all American playing the all American past uh, America's pastime. So I think people, at least in the sports world, embrace him. But as far as like a cultural icon, I feel like if Mike Trout was doing this, it might be more touted, but what do you think? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I'd kind of go the other way. Like, I, I don't know. He just seems like such a likable guy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was out there the other day against the Yankees and they got the pitcher that's 
you know, doing all the funny motions to try to throw him off his bat. And he's just sitting there like laughing, like he's having a good time with, with playing baseball and uh, enjoying the game. Um, he's super fun to watch. Um, I don't know. It's uh, what I think is really interesting is because he's in the American league, the designated hitter implications. So he goes to pitch if they want him to hit and then they pull him out later in the game, then they can't go back and use the designated hitter. So, and they've done it both ways this season. I think three times letting him hit and two times having a designated hitter for him so that they could have that option later in the game. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. Even more of an uphill battle being like, Hey, you have to be better hitter than everyone else. And also focus on your pitching. You're playing in less games. So he's amazing and I like him, but um, I'm just kind of curious what will happen. And we'll see how he performs at the all-star game. Cause that's coming up and that'll be a good time. Yeah. And he's doing both in the all-star game. I think the yeah, other question he is. is here is how is the world are the angels at playing 500 ball with him and Mike Trout? I mean, they, I don't, I, they can't seem to get it done. And Mike Trout has been like the, quote, the best player in baseball, full stop for like the last seven years. Consensus is like, oh yeah, he's the best. And at some point, are you really the best if you're not really winning that much? Like, I, I don't really know. Does it, is he, is he Dan Marino? I don't know. Laces out. I, I don't, <laughs> laces out. Re, Finkel and Einhorn, Einhorn and Finkel. So like, I don't know who a baseball comparison would be um, to like just being regarded as the best across the board, but I don't know. With the All-Star game coming up, it's interesting to hear all of the crying and whining of the All-Star teams are set, but we have a, an article from Sporting News talking about the people that should have been in there. I read through the list. One of them that did stand out to me was uh, Byron Buxton of the Twins. He plays outfield. He's only played in – well. Sorry, one that stuck out to me is not a good argument. It's like they said, yeah, he's only played in 27 games. That's probably too small of a sample size, but come on. And so I don't know him, Manny Machado, Max Scherzer, all are people you would think just based on name recognition alone would get in, but they're not in this year. And the all-star game is just an interesting thing. Like what, what does it even matter if you're in it? Like, does it really say something? Yeah, I feel like the all-star game is – and I think I said this about the NFL all-star game. Like I, it's like a resume builder. I don't think anybody really wants to go play in it. I think they just want to have it on their resume. Um, it's like a James Beard. I was a James Beard nominee chef. Like yeah. everybody and their brother is a James Beard nominee chef. I don't understand. Um, I think that's it. What I don't understand either is why you got to have one guy from each team. Like that seems stupid to me. I think that's a, I mean, that shows me that this isn't about who's the best in baseball. It's a, we want to try to draw people to this from every market. Yeah, we should. I mean, I guess that's a money making thing. It's drawing the eyes, but we could uh, have Jordan Peterson on the show and talk about quality of outcome. It's like, well, do, does your team have an all-star? I don't know, but uh, we're going to represent you. So that'd be nice. Yeah, it's like it's like a popular popularity contest with like some odd, like hey, we got to be fair and bring somebody in from every place. And then once know. you've been good long enough, you get in based on just history. It's like oh, it's like your victory lap. You uh, well, we're gonna we got to Also, it's a it's probably in most contracts, it's a um, a box to check to get a million dollar bonus or whatever. So I can see it for that, but I don't really. 
I mean, it doesn't really matter. Everyone talks about how when you go to the home run derby, it jacks up your swing for a couple few days or maybe a week after the all-star game. So I don't, yeah, it's a money grab. Let's, sure. let's, let's be honest. Is there any chance that you'll watch the all-star game this year? No, there's a zero. I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I treat the all-star, any all-star game in any sport, kind of like SNL where if something good happened, it'll be trending the next day and I'll watch the highlight I needed to watch, but the body of the all-star game as a whole is mainly just a dud. I mean, maybe they'll eulogize someone and a home run will get cracked off and I would love to watch that highlight, but, uh, you know what do it eulogies during the home run derby would be, uh, would be a, that's the way to go. Yeah. The Oscars should move their in memoriam to, in between the home run derby. Uh, well, in theory, the Olympics are still going to happen in Tokyo, July 23rd, uh, in spite of massive virus concerns, uh, still only 14% of Japanese residents are vaccinated, uh, which is about where the U.S. was in mid-March for just kind of comparison on you know what yeah. size of lockdown you were on. Uh, there's been a number of COVID cases already, you know, some 20 days before they're getting started. Uh, a Ugandan team member made it through and uh, was tested positive as well as a member of the Serbian team. You know, I, there's all sorts of, you know, can Tokyo cancel it? Can Japan cancel it? Is the IOC doing something they shouldn't be doing here? Where do you come down on all this? I mean, I think I've been, been, I've been pretty consistent. I think across this whole pandemic after like six months in, it's like, you know what the risk is. And you can make that educated decision or not. Like it shouldn't be up to a governing body to determine whether you want to take the safety risk or not. I get Japan is saying, I mean, the optics of the politics saying we want to, we want to protect our country, but it seems to me that it's going to function similar to the NBA bubble where like, they're going to be very uh, corralled quarantined into the area that they're going to be in. It's not like, Oh, let's go to downtown Tokyo for some shabu shabu. We're going to like be there and they're all going to be hooking up in the village. But I don't, I don't think it's up to the Japanese government to say whether it's happening or not. And also there's huge financial implications involved with this. Uh, I think yesterday, Boris Johnson, the prime minister of England, finally came out and was like, hey, we need to address that we're living with COVID and accept the fact that more people are going to die from it, but we need to move forward. So again, if if you don't feel safe, if you have a pre-existing condition, I think be safe. And But it's been long enough that people know what they're getting into. Yeah, I, I agree with that take. I, what I don't understand in this is how is it possible that you could be an athlete at this level with access to, I mean, there's, there's, there can't be an Olympic athlete that doesn't have access to the vaccine. And the same thing goes for PGA players. Right. Like how are PGA players still getting pulled for testing positive for COVID? I, I'm not, maybe it's the fact that I live in the Bay area and have a unique bubble around me. I'm not sure it makes sense to me how you could be in a position where you're a uh, your, you know, your career and your earnings could be on the line and you'd still be putting yourself at risk by not getting vaccinated. But maybe I'm missing something. Well, yeah, I think you're right. I think everyone does have access. People have different viewpoints on whether they should get vaccinated. I didn't really want to, but I just knew um, career wise, it would make a difference. Like I, it's a prerequisite to prove you're vaccinated to go back into some of the entertainment things that I'm working in. I'm like, well, that's worth it. But it's kind of like, um, 
I can't remember the tennis player's name that decided to not do press at the French Open. Like right. that's her choice and that's fine. I fully support that, but there's consequences to it. Like if you're an athlete and you don't want to get vaccinated, that's fine. That's your choice. It's not your birthright to compete in the Olympics. Like you had to pass so many hurdles and this is another one now. I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> yeah, I'm just here. Marshawn Lynch, was it Marshawn that was doing that? They showed up at the press yeah, conference? Yeah, yeah, that was Marshawn and, and Tom Brady said he wants to try to do that in the future. Anyway, I had to put the Tokyo 2020 story in for, for Larry. Also, just reading headlines, I forgot you, you read the headline, but there's a massive spike in Japan. I sent you the world meters info it's like what what even is a spike like los angeles county is reporting massive spikes and it went from 20 cases of 9 million people to to 60 cases of 9 9 million people like yeah it it tripled but it's still zero percent of the population anyway i get worked up about covid no, it, it kind of flashes back to the Skip Bayless story where it's like, well, yeah, you can take any set of data and, you know, massage it to try right. to make the point you want to make. That doesn't make you right. Yeah. Speaking of massages, Lisa Wilson, Zach Wilson's mom is getting him in hot water. So his mom is possibly more famous than he is. The Jets quarterback is dealing with the distraction of his mom it's kind of like the equivalent of tim tebow getting a distraction for teams and lisa wilson uh went to instagram to talk about how her son tried to pay him to pay her to get off instagram because of all the crazy stuff's coming i got a quick clip of what she was saying to instagram people out there that think i embarrassed my son has he asked me to take down my social media he has before and he says mom if it's about money i'll give you money Zach, I'm your money. She doesn't need his money, Kirk. I don't know. I feel like if you want to be a supportive mother, you would shut up. I don't know like what her end game is. Is she just trying to capitalize being an influencer? I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't quite wrap my head around the right way to encapsulate what I was, how I felt about this, but I instantly feel like she's in the wrong. Like, hey, yeah. you're, you're a parent. You got to step out of the way. Um, it, you know, again, if she was uh, serving hot meals to people on the street or something. Maybe I'd give her a little more grace than trying to be an Instagram influencer. Uh, that, that drives me crazy. Just this makes me think face. of like, if you shut up at your kid's school every day and like did a dance and your I don't know, like I don't did something. If you hopped on a pogo stick while listening to, I'm so excited. And your kids are like, dad, we're getting verbally abused every day. Will you stop it? No, I'm going to keep doing it. It's like, it's she's not helping anyone but herself. It seems very selfish to me. Well, and the guy's got enough to deal with. He's the quarterback for the Jets. I mean, that's uh, that's not an enviable position in the first place. So, uh, yeah, I, it's double way. Yeah. I guess we can just say bad on her. Bad that, on her. I'll yeah. vote. I'll vote bad on her. You know what they should have done is during her um, her little speech. Just as there's a drive in a deep left field by <laughs> Castellanos, it will be a home run. That would have been the perfect little cut in for her Instagram. Anyway, this has been Sports Best. We're joined by Kirk today. Thanks for joining. Catch you next time. I'm Andrew Kirk. Thanks for stopping by.